politicians are, are asking what's it going to take to get reelected or to get elected this time of the year, and it's going to get worse before it gets better uh, in that area. Churches, businesses, individuals, uh, in our financial climate in our country, economic climate, are, are wondering what are we going to do to survive or to, uh, to be okay financially with the way things are. This evening in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we're going to uh, try to answer the question, what does it take to, to have spiritual discernment, to understand as much as we can, to understand God and the things of God and the ways of God? The answer is uh, it's rather simple, but it's one I'm afraid a lot of times we look past, and it's a very important truth for us understanding the world and us understanding ourselves. And the first thing we see in this passage in Second Corinthians, excuse me, First Corinthians two, is it takes the Holy Spirit. And to get to the very beginning of it, it takes the Holy Spirit to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, have you ever thought about that? The gospel, the simple message that Jesus came to earth, died on the cross, arose from the grave. For many of us, it's a message we have heard our whole lives. Hopefully, most of us have not only heard it, but we have accepted it intellectually and spiritually. But never underestimate the fact that the Scriptures say it takes the Holy Spirit to understand the gospel. In verses 6 through 8, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. But not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom. A wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now we're going to skip verse 9 tonight. We're probably going to look at verse 9 on a Sunday morning in the near future. Wonderful verse, but go to verse 10. But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Let's go back to verse 6. We don't speak a message of wisdom. We speak a message of wisdom among the mature. The word wisdom there, very importantly, is a biblical word that means to know how to regulate your relationship with God, how to do your relationship with God, how to have a relationship with God. And he says, we, we speak this word of wisdom among the mature. The, the biblical word mature there was the picture of someone who was full grown, a boy versus a man, a first grader versus a senior in high school, a girl, a little girl against a, a, a lady. It's a talking about maturity, and he's talking about the, the difference in lost people and saved people here at this point. And he talks in verse 7 about the secret wisdom of God. Now, sometimes people get tripped up on the secret wisdom of God, the mystery of God. What, what is he talking about here? Some scholars call this the, the sacred secret. Well, he's talking about Jesus Christ being revealed at the proper time. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, It says, And he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in who? In Christ. To be put into effect when the times will have 
reach their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and earth together under one head, even Jesus Christ. Now, guys, the, this may or may not make sense to you or to us, but the, the gospel, the message of salvation was something that was not fully laid out until Jesus Christ came. And then it was. That is the, the mystery that has been revealed. Now, you look in this passage, and, and, and what you see is the people in Corinth thought this was ridiculous. They thought it was silly. If you were here last Sunday night, we talked about the cross and how they looked at the cross. It's is preposterous that God would become man and that, that he would die the, the basis was worse death as a criminal on a cross. They looked at it as ludicrous. I'm going to share with you in a moment. So does the world today. But in verse 10, he says the Spirit, but God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. The the word revealed means to remove a veil. It means to expose something or bring it to open view. This is so important in mission work, in evangelism, in understanding your friends at school, understanding your family members who are not Christians. It takes a work of the Holy Spirit to get the gospel. It doesn't just make sense. Now, for those of us who've grown up in church our whole lives and we've heard it our whole lives, we may swallow it more intellectually than somebody in New York City who's never heard it or somebody in the rural Louisiana who's never heard it. But it still takes a work of the Holy Spirit for it all to make sense. You know who Stephen King is? Stephen King is a a very famous writer. He's a horror movie writer, book writer. Here's what Stephen King said about Christianity. He said, organized religion with the cross and all that that implies gives me the creeps. Now, if you've ever seen any of Stephen Stephen King's movie, to think the cross gives him the creeps is pretty weird, isn't it? That's a very intellectual guy who does not have the Spirit of God in him. And he looks at our Christianity and he says it's creepy. Albert Einstein, you know him? You don't know him, but you know who he he was. Cindy used to do his hair. (laughs) When she was a beginner. You know what? You know what Einstein said about God? In one of his letters, as an older man, using a small g... He said, gods are just an expression of human weakness. There may be something out there, but this Jewish version, he was Jewish, by the way, our Christian version, is silly fables, childishness. Two very intelligent people who absolutely could not get the simple message of the Bible. Now, I'm going to tell you, there is hope for this. But I want you to understand that lost people, you and you are lost too. We don't grasp the significance or the meaning of what this is all about. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Folks, ultimately the Holy Spirit is the one that has to bring people to Jesus Christ. Now over and over and over in scriptures, we're told to pray for people. We're told to witness to people. Paul uses the term over and over and over, talking about himself and talking about what you and me are to do. We are to win people to Christ. 
But ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit who has to do the convicting and the winning. Make sense? We do our very best, but ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit. In John 16, verse 8 and 9, it says, When He comes, the Holy Spirit, He will convict the world of their guilt in regard to sin and to righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin because of men who do not believe in me. The ho- Let's read those again, Kyle. Let's go back to verse 8 and see what it says. When he comes, he, not the preacher. Preacher should do his very best. Not the musician who should do their very best. You who should do your very best to witness. But it's the Holy Spirit who has to convict. In regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. It's got to ultimately be a work of the Holy Spirit. Lost people just don't get it on their own. And we can't break open their heads and their hearts and make them get it. It takes the Spirit to get Christ. How does this affect you and me? Well, I think one way it affects us is how we pray. If you're a Christian. You pray and you ask the Holy Spirit to work in that person's life. You ask the Holy Spirit to convict them. You ask the Holy Spirit to make them miserable. Have you ever prayed that? Some of you are praying that for me, aren't you? Ask the Holy Spirit to make them miserable. Ask the Holy Spirit to, to, to pull on their heartstrings. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you the words that need to be said. This is, so, this is so simple, but it's so easy to forget. The gospel, the simple message of Christ, cannot be understood, cannot be swallowed without the Holy Spirit at work. It takes the Holy Spirit to understand the gospel. Now, here's the second thing for you and me as Christians to, uh, to really understand, and certainly lost people need to hear this. It takes the Spirit to understand the ways of God. I've heard, I've heard people say before, preacher, I'd like to go to seminary. And I, my response is, unless God's called you to the ministry, no, you don't. Seminary is a very nerdy place. Anytime you get a thousand preachers together, it's not cool city. Except me. <laughs> Seminary's great. But the fundamental way you learn about the ways of God begins in your prayer closet. Verse 11 and 12. For who among man knows the thoughts of man except man's spirit within him? In other words, you don't know what... You know, somebody looks at you and says, I know your heart. They are lying. They don't know your heart. Not, not really. I mean, they know you well enough to know what you're why you're doing what you're doing, but, but only you know really what's going on in here. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. But look what verse 12 says. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. Is that not awesome? Did you get that? How many of you do not believe you have the Holy Spirit living in you? If you don't, you're not going to heaven if you die in that condition. Because Romans 8 9 says without the Spirit, you don't belong to Christ. 
And did you see what it says here in verse 12? We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit is from God that we may understand what God has freely given us. One of the reasons we have the Holy Spirit is to teach us and show us more and more about God. Is that not awesome? I mean, that, that is phenomenal. And in this passage, what he's contrasting in the next few verses is the lost person and the saved person. The non-Christian and the Christian. Very important to understand that. Let me give you a few thoughts that I think are very important. Number one is this. It takes the Spirit to grasp Scripture. To, to truly understand Scripture. You need the Holy Spirit. Verse 13 and 14. I remember when I read these verses about 30 years ago after I became a Christian... I really, I really understood them. It says that, that we speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. Look in verse 14. The man without the Spirit, the non-Christian, does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them. Because they are spiritually discerned. Man, do you, see, do you see the profoundness in that verse? First of all, again, to understand Scripture, for Scripture to be alive, you have to have the witness and the help and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Now, I said 30 years ago when I became a Christian how, how this was... Uh, so clear to me is because for years sitting and listening to sermons going to Sunday school class occasionally when I was in trouble or something reading my Bible man it it was it, it just rolled off of me and then one Monday night I gave my life to Christ and all of a sudden what had always been boring dull and irrelevant began to speak to me. I didn't understand it, but you know what happened? God came to live inside of me. You talk to a person who has no interest whatsoever in reading the Bible, I would tell you you're probably talking to a person who's not a Christian. The Holy Spirit gives some desires there. You talk to a person who says, I constantly read my Bible, but it does not make any sense to me at all. Unless you're trying to read a Latin Bible and you don't speak Latin, then it's not going to. It's a good chance you may not be a Christian. Now, I'm not saying that when you become a Christian, all of a sudden you understand the book of Revelation and can explain it in Greek very thoroughly. No, God expects us to do our part. That's where things like seminary or studying, Bible training, reading good books, spending your lifetime studying the Bible come into play. But I'm telling you what God says here is that the Holy Spirit acts like a switch to turn the light on when you came to Christ. He illuminates Scripture to you and me. And to lost people... This is not the case. Albert Einstein again. Albert Einstein said about the Bible. He said that it is a bunch of childish fables. Childish fables. And he went on to say, I don't care what interpretation is given to me, I will not change my mind. Brilliant physicist. Lost man. 
By the way, one of my, my philosophy professors in seminary was at Princeton when Einstein was there. And he said many days he saw Albert Einstein out on a lake. He would sit in a boat and stare off into space. I guess when you're contemplating time travel and atom splitting, you stare a lot. That's probably part of, part of what you do. But he said Einstein was the saddest looking person he'd ever seen in his life. As brilliant as he was, he did not have the witness of the Spirit. The Bible was foolishness to him. I had a friend that probably 10 years ago was not a Christian. He was starting to go to church. And he, he, uh, he said to me one time uh, about some of the miracles in the Old Testament. He said, those are, those are fables. Those are silly stories. He said, now, they teach some good truths, but there's no way lions den and people getting swallowed by fish. There's no way those things are true. You know what happened when he got saved about seven or eight years ago? The Bible, all of a sudden, wasn't a, such a stupid book anymore. And I didn't have to fight him to convince him of that. You know who convinced him of that? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Bible is a book that is spiritually discerned. Amen? Don't be shocked when your lost friends don't understand or get the biblical truths you're trying to share with them. Check your own heart. Is there a problem here? Another thing, when you read your Bible, do you ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you? And to make things clear. By the way, a Christian who's out of God's will and who's quenching the Spirit in his life does not have the illumination on the Word that they could have either. Give the Spirit the freedom in your life to rule and reign. The Bible is a book that is spiritually understood. Here's a second thing with this that's so, so important. It takes the Spirit to understand God's leading. How God is leading. Boy, is this important. Again in verse 14, the man without the Spirit, the lost man, does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. For they are what to him? They are moronic is what that word means. And he could not understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Does it make sense for a person who is 22 or 42 to decide to give up their career and to go to Africa or China and spend the rest of their life a long way away from their family as a foreign missionary. How many of you does that make mathematical sense? But you know what? Many of us would cry, but we'd praise God if someone did that tonight, wouldn't we? Because we'd know that was from God. Do you think everybody in your world's going to understand that? Why do moms and dads a lot of times freak out when their kids say, I'm, I'm going the other side of the world to serve Jesus because there's a spiritual disconnection problem there. Certainly you freak out because you don't want your kid to leave, but when you continue to not let that thing go, there may be a spiritual problem. Lost people aren't going to understand some of the things that God's going to have us do. Does it make sense? By the way, Christians who are not filled with the Spirit, controlled by the Spirit, aren't going to understand them either. And that's a very important thing too. 
let's say you take a church and you got 500 people that are coming up. You're, you're going to vote on uh, building the church swimming pool, okay? Who all's in favor of that? Tony Corley and Jane are going to pay for it. We're going to call it the Corley Pond is what we're going to call it. We're going to name it the High Dive after Wayne, the Bridges High Dive. He's going to do the first cannonball off of it, and then we're, we're going to be set. And we get ready to vote on it. Now, that's probably a bad illustration because there's no way we're going to ever believe it's God's will to have a swimming pool. But you get ready for some major church decision. And by the way, I don't think it's God's will we have a pool either right now. Um, it'd have to be indoor, wouldn't it? I mean, we'd have to be indoor pool. But you get 500 people together and you spend three months praying and talking and you get ready to vote. And there's a strong sense that's what God's leading you to do. But you have 150 people vote against it. Okay, is it possible it could have been a wrong decision? Sure. Is it possible out of 150, you've got 50 people who aren't Christians? Uh-huh. Is it possible you've got 100 people who aren't prayed up and walking with Christ and filled with the Spirit? Yes. Take spiritual people to make spiritual decisions. The things of God are discerned spiritually. Supernaturally is the best way to understand it. Why is my Bible not jumping off the pages? The Bible doesn't always jump off the pages every day you read it. But there's a vibrancy that's given when you have the Spirit of God. Why do I not seem to get leadership from the Holy Spirit? Or or why in my group can we never seem to get consensus? It may be because somebody or everybody is not following the leadership of the Holy Spirit. It takes the Spirit to discern spiritual things. How many of you agree there's a difference in being smart and being wise? Einstein, brilliant, but obviously on some of those issues, he was not very, very wise, was he? True story, a 17-year-old girl. Any of y'all 17? Okay, good. You don't need to date this girl anyway. Stay away from her. Bad seat. 17-year-old German girl in youth detention center in Germany for theft. She decided she'd been there long enough. She's a very smart, very smart thief, but smart girl. She decides she's going to break out. Her 19-year-old friend is getting out. They concoct a plan for her to get in the, the luggage of her friend. She's a small girl. And for them to roll her out of the prison. And they do it. And the guards, these not real wise guards, think the bag's heavy, but they just don't bother to open it. And Steffi, the 17-year-old girl, is rolled out of prison by her 19-year-old friends, and she escapes to freedom. That's pretty, uh, it's devious, but that was pretty smart, wasn't it? But it was horribly unwise. She only had two weeks left on her sentence. Difference in being smart and being wise, isn't there? The things of God are spiritually discerned. Don't always expect people to get it when you follow the leadership of God. And there's one other thought here that is, uh, that's, that's always intrigued me, and that's that, that, that there's the Spirit helps us to understand overall God's working. Spirit-filled people can understand how God is working and how He works in the world. Verse 15 and 16, The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself 
is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Kyle, go back to verse 15. I have heard all kinds of weird things from this verse. I've heard people, Christians use it to say, hey, this means that we have the right to judge people. No, you don't. That's, that's not what it's saying. It'd be contradicting too much of Scripture. The word judgment there means to discern or to examine. And again, it's not talking about judging people. Here's what God was saying here in this peculiar little verse. In Corinth, Paul encountered a lot of opposition from people who did not understand the gospel, who did not understand what God was trying to do. We see now they didn't have the Spirit of God. They couldn't understand these things. They couldn't grasp these things. Paul said they're only grasped by people who have the Spirit. And what Paul was saying was, was pretty unique. He was saying lost people, because they don't have the Spirit, they can't understand the things of God. They can't understand a lot of things we do. Does it make sense to give 10% of your income to your church to a person who does not have the Spirit? No way. They don't understand that. But what Paul was saying was really unique. He was saying lost people can't understand us. They can't understand the ways of the world. Now, they can certainly see if we're doing wrong and make judgments on that. But overall, they can't understand the things of God or they can't understand us, but we can understand them. You, because you have a dual nature... You, many of you, because you can remember what it was like being lost, you understand how the ways of the world work. You understand how a lost man's mind works. You still struggle with some of the same things. But you also, because you have the Holy Spirit, understand the things of God. What a, what a strange and wonderful picture that God says that you and I have been given because we have the Spirit of God. We can't fall under the judgment because they can't understand us. They can't properly discern who we are and what we do. We can understand them, but they can't understand us. They can't understand the things of God, but because we have the Spirit of God, we can understand God and the workings of God. So here's my challenge tonight. First of all, do you have the Spirit of God? Does the Holy Spirit reside in you? If, if you are not a Christian this evening, you're unsure of that, you come in a moment, give your life to Christ, receive the Holy Spirit right here this evening. If you are a Christian, are you controlled by the Spirit? Are you living in such a way that the Spirit fills your life? Are you living in such a way that when you open your Bible that you can discern through the help of the Holy Spirit what God's trying to say? When major decisions come for for your family or your life, are you sensitive enough to the Spirit to understand what God's saying? See, God's given us the Spirit. It's our job to stay attuned and filled with the Spirit. Remember what he said in that last verse. We have the mind of Christ. Don't waste it. Let's stand. 
God's leading you tonight to join the church. Maybe just come and pray at the altar. Whatever it is, respond to Him this evening.